to episode 15 of the Blue Code Project podcast. Nearly got that wrong, but saved myself there. It's your oh. host, Matt, back again. And I am joined by the wonderful Carlito and Jesters. Guys, how are you getting on? Jared, I think we're in his head. On all the introductions, he just screws them up. We, we're, we're, totally, <laughs> we're totally in his head. He, he's He's got no confidence. Uh, Severely like lacking in front of yeah, Jackson in front of the oh! net. <laughs> He's Jackson in front of the net, but Jackson outside of the net. Pretty, yeah. pretty good. Um, I'm doing well, Matthew. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go at one player in particular that is going to really surprise both of you. Um, I don't think you'll see this coming, but I'll I'll save that. I'll save that. But for now. What I want to discuss is uh, the fact that we switched to a 3-5-2 for the last 15 minutes of the game and how I think that that actually cost us three points. Um, when we switched up from the 4-3-3 or the 4-3-1 or whatever to the 3-5-2, we became a shell, you know, and we just we just sort of turtled back into the shell. We became hyper-defensive. It was all about keeping the ball out of the net instead of actually trying to score. And I thought that that was an enormous misstep. I thought that bringing on Trevor Chalabut, who isn't good, um, it hurt us. And it made us considerably less dangerous. It made our attackers anemic and isolated. And I would have never taken Cole Palmer off. I just wouldn't. He's the best player we have, and I'm not. I'm just I'm never taking him off the field. So... You know, that, that was a major misstep by Pochettino in an otherwise really, really good game plan, good performance, and certain individual players were absolutely fantastic. So, all in all, good result, fun game, sloppy game again in the rain, like always with the city. But I enjoyed it, and I'm proud of the boys. Well, you, you know what comes with turtling like that. You get, you get the turtle head. You, you don't want the turtle head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is what it was in the end, right? Yeah, it ended up being crap because uh, we lost all rhythm. We all we lost continuity, and you have to have at least an illusion of attack uh, uh, of a counterattack or, or an attack period on the pitch. You just can't sit there and go, "Hey, Man City, here's the ball. We're just going to sit here and do nothing." Come on, you know it. it and all it, when all it takes is a deflected goal, which they got. And, you know, it takes enough shots and something like that's going to happen. You roll the odds and sometimes it comes up snake eyes and sometimes it comes up, uh, you know, sevens. And it came up sevens in the end and they scored and that was the end of that. But, uh, yeah, you can't just sit there and go maybe against Luton. Or maybe not even looting this year, because you put enough crosses in the box, a, a wrong box, a uh, wrong uh, ball goes into an arm, uh, hits a foot, goes off a wrong head, goes in the back of the goal. You just can't allow that stuff to continue to happen and provide nothing on the other end, because every team in the Premier League is good enough to score a goal. It, especially if you give them all the possession and and allow them 
do you only worry about one aspect of their 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 match, which is offense, instead of having to worry about defense at all? You just sit one per one defender back there, and they basically sent everybody forward. And what are you going to do? You had Nkunku by himself in the end, who is not a hold up striker, which we don't have on the roster, by the way. What are you going to do? You're just going to say, hey, I know this is not what we brought you in for, but hold the ball up for the last 20 minutes of the game while we go into our shell. You can be the turtle head. And so that's what he was. And it was a shit job. And he's he's not very good at it. And uh, we could never find a way to relieve that pressure. So we just, you know, walked around like uh, we had something hanging between our legs and it wasn't our, our Johnson. Jesus Christ. I should have never said turtle had this. Now he's just going <laughs> to fucking run with it the entire fucking episode. Uh, Matt, what do you got, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's hard because at one, at, one, at one point I am disappointed that we didn't get the win and fuck me. I, I know I know we're supposed to we're supposed to make our own luck and stuff like that, but how how much how many deflected goals, shitty goals we get we concede like that costs us multiple points. It just gets ridiculous in the end. Like, um, please, something just go our way for once. Um, but at the same time, we, we, it was it was a really good performance. I haven't seen Chelsea fight like that for a long time now. Um, and if we, as, as I've said on other streams, if, if we do that against Liverpool, I think we win the cup. Um, I, I think we do, because Manchester City are the best team on the planet right uh, whether people think it's them or not even though they're not top of the league um so i'm in two minds i mean even with this even with the substitutes i don't think the substitutions were obviously everyone I, I argue everyone looks at these sort of things and hindsight go oh this well this was obviously wrong but there have been other times where we've done stuff we've done similar sort of substitutions i would argue obviously Chalabar is not the person you put on, but the problem is we haven't got any other centre-backs apart from Alfie Grilker. So it's either Chalabar, who hasn't played all season, or an academy uh, kid. Um, again, full, people are like, oh, let's put Madueke, let's put Mudrick on. But if you're trying to defend the league, I don't trust either of them defensively because they don't yeah. track their runs. Um, and you know if, if, we, if we conceded the goal and Mudrick didn't track his runner... Everyone would be going, oh, why did Poch put um, Mudrick or why did Poch put Madueke on? Um, I think we had the problem of there was really no one to bring off the bench again, uh, apart from the Nkuku um, substitution. It, I, I mean, I, I don't like a back three, so it, it, I can, I'm, I'm always going to slag that off because I, I just don't think back threes work apart from very short stints. Um, I don't think they're sustainable. I always think a four at the back. Four two three one specifically is always a better formation, but um, it is what it is. Um, and it's cost us in the end, and I just don't think we can. Hopefully, we don't do that again. Um, or hopefully, we actually have centre backs that are actually fit, uh, i.e., Buddy Ashile or Thiago Silva, who would actually be able to defend properly. Yeah, it's it's, it's all fair points, you know. Um, I mean, we, we can go through 
the first half in particular because I want to talk about this one thing that Guardiola does that makes his defense worse. And that is where he plays the flat back four and then one of his defenders goes into the middle and makes a mismatching four man midfield. And this this first half it was a kanji <laughs> of all players, a kanji, okay? Okay. Um and it makes the defense worse. It makes the defense considerably more vulnerable. And I get why he does it. He wants to have a, a mathematical advantage in the midfield. He wants to have an extra guy. Okay? I understand. But if you lose the ball, you're in trouble. Because not only are they taking out one of their defenders and putting him in midfield, they're also playing a suicide line. Now, why do you play a high line? When I, when I uh, was coaching, if I had a really fast center back, we would play a high line because if you lose the ball and you're compressing the field, it's a lot easier to win the ball back if you're playing a high line because you make the field smaller. It's just natural. It's like a slinky. It's like in, out, in, out. And you make, you make the field smaller. So this is why he does it because he's obsessed with possession and ball retention and keeping it. So he plays a high line to compress the field. But the problem is that none of his defenders are that quick. Okay, Kyle Walker is like 34 years old. Ruben Diaz is not a burner. Ake is not a fast player. These guys are technical players, and they're good. They're really good. Ruben Diaz is amazing. But none of these guys are particularly quick. And you're going against a team in Chelsea who is one of the fastest teams in Europe. When we have all of our guys, guys like Mudrik, Sterling, Jackson, Matoeke, I mean, these are all, and Kunku, these are all really, really fast players. And if you are allowing us to play to our strengths, because we weren't looking to win possession, we weren't looking to spray the ball around the way the Man City was, but what we were trying to do was counter them. And if you've got one less guy in your defense and you're playing a really high line, it's just, it's risky to the point of foolish to play such a style, especially if your center backs are not particularly fast. And we absolutely took advantage of it. Now, did we take advantage of it to the extent that it would actually win us a game? No. We missed two or three really, really, really easy opportunities. I mean, how many times did you find a Chelsea player at the top of the box one-on-one with Ederson? Like, this happened a lot. And it's because Man City allowed it to. We just didn't finish our chances. Jackson's not a natural goal scorer, but I think he is an incredible footballer. I don't think he's a great striker. But just as... A marking assignment. You ask any defender, they'll tell you that dude is a bitch to mark because he's so big, so athletic, so fast, really quite technical for how big of a guy he is. And it's just he's got all this athleticism in him, and it makes it really hard to stay with him. And so especially when he's on the flank and you have that ball that he played into Raz, that's what he is best at is when he can use the line as his friend and he can go one-on-one with, with outside backs. But because City allowed us to play that way on the counter, we should have killed him for it. It should have been 2 or 3-0 at half. We didn't, and that's why we didn't win the game. But, you know, that should be priority number one, is getting forwards that obviously are fast. Pochettino wants fast players, but guys that can finish. Because if we had finished... At that, if that first half was 2-3-0, or the game is over because we were marking Holland completely out of the game, and they kept going to Doku again and again and again, and Doku didn't do shit. Phil Foden, best English player in the world, didn't do shit, and we had them on lockdown. 
If it was two or three zero at halftime, there's no way City was coming back the way that our back line was playing that game and the way that uh, Caicedo and Enzo were tracking back. Like everybody was in lockstep. Everybody was on the same page. There was no way we were going to lose or tie that game if it was two zero at halftime. But it wasn't, and we let them in the door in the last 15 minutes, and that shit happens. But I love that what they gave us, we exploited. And that is the mark of a team that can improvise well and can have more than one game plan, which I don't think City has, by the way. I think that City has one game plan, one gear, one style of play. Chelsea has multiple styles of play. I thought you were going to go full Harm Edwards there for a moment. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, or was it Herm that said uh, we knew who we are? They were, and we let. Oh them back no, in. Dennis Allen. Uh, that was Dennis. There's are who we thought they were, <laughs> and we let them on the hook. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah. the rant right there. The Bears are who we thought they were. Yeah, what a legend. Yeah, Dennis <laughs> Allen. <laughs> oh, good lord. Sorry, wrong football. But yeah, I, I, I think that people don't understand that getting that second goal really it affects the entire shape of the match. Getting that second goal and going two nil up. Okay, so the thinking in Pep's mind is I got a I got a midweek game. What substitutions am I not gonna make now? Right? Maybe Bernardo doesn't come on. Because, oh, hey, it was Dennis Green, by the way. Dennis Not, Green. You said Dennis, Dennis Allen. Yeah, yeah it, was Dennis, it was Dennis, Dennis Green. Denny Gr- Green. Yeah, Denny Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bears are without him. All right, good. But uh, so I, I, I just think that uh, we we had chances. Uh, we let them dictate the way the game was going to go by not putting the second one past them. Um. So we, it's just one of those things that a young team has to learn. And I say young team, not young players. I don't buy into this. We need more experienced players. No, we don't. That is that is garbage. To think that you get to this level in your career and you're not experienced? What? Huh? Yes, there there's some nuance to the game that you you kind of gain when you get older and when you've played a longer time. But some some players never get that. There are some low IQ ballers out there that, that are just that until, you know, they lose all their athleticism and they can no, no longer play at that level. We've yeah, seen I mean, those a really, as well. Jared, a perfect example is Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. But Great I, athlete. I, he's never, he's never going to be a smart player. Right. So – the this idea that that uh, you need to bring in older players. No, we're a young team, as in the team is not really a team yet. You're starting to see some position groups uh, gel, and as people get fit and you actually get a starting eleven that's going to start game in game out, you'll see the, the play get better. Um, you'll see the team actually become a team. Uh, instead of 11, 11 players on the pitch, it's just one of those things that that's going to take the time that uh, uh, you know we should have been further along, but injuries have held us back in this aspect. And it's something that the talent is there. The, oh yeah, the, it's, it's it's undeniable. I think we have one of the 
most talented rosters in the Premier League. It's just not a team yet. So, I, I mean, that's, that's I think that, that's a nuance. And I think that Potch was trying to explain that some sometime this week. And I, don't, I think people lost the plot on it. Um, this idea that you need to bring in 28, 29-year-olds that want to uh, demand a higher salary, okay, fine. Um, if you want to go that way, that's that's one way to build a team. But people have to also understand you don't build a team for one year. You have to build a squad and a roster that's going to last three, four years so you can get your money's worth out of that. Also, you have to look at what laws are not yet implemented but are coming down the pike. So if they do bring this salary cap thing in, you can't have a bunch of 28, 29-year-olds wanting 300 grand a, a week on your well, roster because you can't fit it under that cap when it comes in and you have to blow it up and start all over with what we're doing now. So yeah, it, that's, it, that's what Bayern Munich is facing right now. Yep. It's, um, people, don't, people don't get that because they have not ever run a, run a business, much less a team, and looked how you had to forecast two, three, four, five years out when you make a plan, a business plan. You can't, it's not a one-year plan, and then you, go, you throw that one away. You cannot run a, a prosperous club in the Premier League anymore. Those, doc, those days are gone. Yeah, Matt, th- this idea that everybody says, oh, you need to go buy world-class experienced players. Okay, you buy five of those, that's a half a billion dollars right there. We don't have it. Nobody has it. That's why nobody buys five experienced players in one window, because it's impossible. Man City's built this team over, like, 12 years. They built this team over 12 years, and they'll replace one or two guys every season. But this team that they have, some of these guys have been on it for a long time. Kyle Walker, uh, John Stones, okay, um, or, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. These guys have been on this team a long time. Okay, and, and then every year they'll add a new guy. Like right now, Julian Alvarez, 23 years old, he's on 100 grand a week. Mateus Nunez doesn't play a lot, uh, 130 grand a week. Okay, Ruben Diaz, 180 grand a week. Josco Vardy, old, new player, 200 grand a week. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll buy one or two guys every year, and that is how they continue to build their team. But their base has been there a really long time. And you, you could tell. I mean, there's a lot of chemistry there, and it's why they're so good. It's because they've been doing the same shit for a real long time. But Chelsea, like, so many of these guys are new. And, yeah, we bought them new, and we bought them young, and we bought them in bunches. But we're just not there yet. And the people that hate Poach when he's honest with them, it's simply because they don't like Poach. They don't want to hear what he has to say. And they'll exacerbate and they will exaggerate the things that he says simply because they're not rooting for him and they want him to do poorly. But when he's like, yeah, we're just not there yet, guys, people just don't want to hear it, Matt. They, they, they don't want to hear it because they're so used to one way but that one way is never going to be the way for Chelsea again because we're just going to be run differently. You know, we're, we're, we're trying something new. We're trying to build a sustainable team for a long term instead of always sinking in such short-term spurts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think anyone, any, every time Poch opens his mouth, he, he, 
according to the fans, he can't say the right thing. What no matter what he says, it's a horrific comment and it's absolute disaster. And he needs to be sacked for that specific comment. <laughs> Lot of rubbish. I mean, I, I was explaining kind of yesterday to some people like if you actually look at not just Chelsea but all of the big clubs in the summer. Take Man City, for example. They bought Bardiol, young defender. They bought Doku, young, inexperienced midfielder. West Ham, uh, sorry, Arsenal bought Rice, young midfielder. Timber, young defender. Kai Havertz, all right, a little bit older, but still a fairly young midfielder. Um you go to who else do we want to go to? Liverpool. Liverpool most Liverpool signings bar Endo, Endo who is just a kind of we we struggled that well, they couldn't get the two young guys in Caicedo and Lavia, so they had to go for him after. But most of their signings were young players. Um everyone has bought this summer young players, and that's partially because anyone over the age of twenty seven is Effectively looking at one particular league for a million pounds a million pound a week wages, um, i.e. the Saudi league. So it, it, ma- it makes buying more experienced players harder. I also again, you you guys rightly said it. Experienced players will cost you more money. If it costs us oh, a billion yeah. pounds, if it costs us a billion pounds to buy a whole squad full of young players, if you were to buy the whole squad as more or even a couple more experienced players, you'd be spending 1.5 billion, 2 billion. You couldn't do that. Um, we had a situation where a lot of players wanted to leave and a lot of players had to go. Um, so we had to get a lot of players in around at the same time, which means you've got to compromise and you've got to buy a bit younger. Um, do I agree with having a whole squad of under 25 year olds? Probably not, and maybe there could be. Now Now we have a base of young players. If the money allows it, it's, it, would, it, wouldn't, it would be fine to go and get more experienced players, but that fit the, the project and fit what we want, not just experienced players for the sake of experienced players, because it, otherwise you're just defeating the point. You, you, need, you need to have players that fit your squad, and um, just buying someone just for the fact that he's experienced is not is not going to help the team um so it, i mean it's semantics i mean people are like again like james madison's the one that cracks me up everyone's like oh my god we didn't sign james madison james madison that experienced player because he was on he was not under 25 i'm like he's 25 years old 26 years old he's not that experienced um not like he's going to make an ounce of difference in terms of experience in our squad um, so it, it just it just makes me it just cracks me up to be honest. Um, hey, guess how yeah, much but, Le- Levi Caldwell makes a week, by the way. Just guess. Probably fifty, sixty k. He makes five grand a week. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah, he's It'll the cheapest worse. player on our team. He makes five grand a week. <laughs> that is ridiculous. And that's on a new contract. That look. We're, we we we're we're in good financial situations from our wage bill. I mean, our wage bill is, I think it's like thirty percent less than it was last season. No, it's it's I all good nearly, business. I think nearly forty percent in the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our wage bill for the senior roster is is about one fifty. Um, that is that is some stuff right there. That's just that's just good business. Yeah. Look, 
I I don't think Chelsea wants a team full of expensive 30-year-olds. I just don't think that that's what they want to do. And, I mean, it could go one of two ways with those guys. They could either be, you know, still trying to win shit, still, you know, motivated, or they're just stoked that this is their last big contract. They're on fat money, and they've already had a great career. And, I mean, like, Sterling has been accused of this. Right? I thought that he was okay against City, and he had a really good goal. But it seems like Sterling has been accused of this exact thing. You know, and it, But if you if your team is full of guys in their mid-20s, Axel Assassi, 24 years old, right? Uh, Trevor Chalba, 23. Gallagher, 23. Ben Chilwell, 26. Fofana, 22. And Kunku, 25. Kukurea, 24. Enzo, 22. Raheem Sterling, 28. Reece James, 23. Yeah, I mean, this, this, is, this is the model that they want to go with. And guess what? No matter what amount of bitching these fans have about their owners, these owners are not leaving. So you minerals mafia who think that if you bitch enough and send enough mean tweets to the fake Todd Bowley Twitter account, that you're going to get them to say, you know what I'm going to do after just spending $5 billion on this team because Johnny Minerals says I need to be out, clown like out, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell the team. Get real, you losers. They ain't selling the team. They'll probably be here longer than 10 years. They want to increase the valuation of the club. Why wouldn't they? Sports clubs are the most, are, are the highest appreciation of any asset outside of like something Bernie Madoff invented in his mind. Like th- these these things, the price just goes up and up and up. Sooner or later, there's going to be a ten billion dollar club. These are great assets. They're appreciating it at an astronomical level. So no, they're never going to sell this club just because Johnny Minerals says so. Fucking loser. Yeah, I mean, well, jo- John Johnny Johnny is not exactly the guy that speaks facts. Uh, at the end of the day, um, he's an idiot. So, bit, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even li- even look. I don't even know what he says nowadays because just not worth my time. I don't, I don't, I don't lose. I don't want to lose brain cells reading whatever nonsense he spreads on his channel. Um, but it is, it is what it is. Um, but pe- I think people do need to get in their heads that Chelsea have to. It's not even like they. I don't even think they're necessarily massively choosing to go this way. Um, I think if they if they could buy more experienced players financially, I, I think they probably would buy a few more experienced players. But the finances, not just the finances of kind of football in general, the finances of this club, because there are specific things in this club that are holding us back, i.e. stadium, which... People need to realise it's the fans' fault this is being held back in the first place. Um, and why we're so much behind clubs like Spurs, clubs like Arsenal. Club, well, the, the fact that we're behind Spurs in that aspect is, is bad enough. It speaks volumes. Um, we, we just we just need to realise that this is this is this is a process we're going to have to take um, to try and at least be sustain, sustainable. Um, as I've kind of said for a, a while now, we, we've been dropping further and further away from being competitive for the last five, six years of Roman. Arguably since Conte's 
first season. I mean, even Conte's first season, we were a bit lucky that we were playing. We were not playing in Europe, and everyone else was. So we 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 got a league title quite easily. Um, so arguably, you could go back to Mourinho. Since Mourinho left, it's gone downhill. Um, but <laughs> it, 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 it is. Oh, it's a hundred k. Yeah, Colwell's a hundred k a week. Sorry, the. Uh, I, I was reading the wrong year. That's my bad. Last year he made five grand a week. Sorry. Even then, I, I, I have seen some players that are on ridiculously small wages, uh, and players we bought this summer. So. Oh yeah, yeah, and then you've I mean, got even a hundred k a week. If Cole was as good as people say he is, a hundred k a week ain't that much. He's pretty good. He's not bad. Um, I, don't, I don't still don't think he's as good as everyone makes him out to be, but. No, uh, but no, but he's still. Oh my God, he's still so young. Is he still 19? Like, that's crazy. No, he's 20. He's 20 now. Okay. I believe so. Um, yeah, I, I do want to talk about one thing. I just want to check to make sure how old he is. He is 20 as of. Oh yeah, he's almost 21. Okay. So I want to bring up this one topic because words matter. And I think in this digital age, people seem to think that they can get away with saying whatever they want and that there's been a devaluation of the power of words. And I don't agree. I still think that words matter. I still think that even if there's free speech in a country, there are it's not freedom from consequences of the speech. You could say what you want, but there will be consequences of your speech. It's the reality of the situation. And when you have Belle Silva, who is Tiago Silva's wife, saying, it's time for a change, do it before it's too late. And people say, oh, yeah, you tell them, Belle. You tell them. I mean, it, yeah, they, they say that. And yet, if their spouse voiced public criticism about you, if you were a public person, and they were talking about your job and your employer, they wouldn't like it either. So that's such disingenuous praise from these people. And the only reason they're praising her is because it's a loud voice, and they're, she's saying what they want to say, but are not being heard. But they don't actually believe that what she did was the right thing. They're just mad. They're mad because we're 10th. But what she said is unprofessional because she is an extension of her husband. This is how it is with anybody who is the spouse of a public figure, male or female, it doesn't matter. If you're the spouse of a public figure, you are an extension of that person. Good and bad. Right? You get the good that comes with it, you can you can earn financial opportunities by being a visible public figure. But the bad is that you have to watch your P's and Q's. You just do. And she has embarrassed her husband multiple times. This is not the first time. And I think this time, Chelsea really, really has had enough of it. I mean, he's gone at the end of the season anyway. But this, whether he, he was to be injured last game or not, I don't think that he was going to get many more starting opportunities to begin with. But guess what? Today, I look at this and I say, yeah. I think the starting back line should be to Sassy and Colwell for the foreseeable future. And so she asked for us to make a change. Well, I think we just went ahead and made that change, Bell. You going to tweet about that too? Hmm? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I'm curious as to what you guys think, but I, I feel very comfortable with the sassy. And if Caldwell's going to play like this in his natural position, then I'm comfortable with him too. Well, for me, it it's kind of they picked themselves, right? Because there's only two starting uh, or two center backs we have that are fit. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if that's who you want as your starting center backs. That's who's going to be the starting center backs. Um, so yeah, uh, they're going to be starting because uh, they're the only ones fit, and that's fine. Uh, Desassi has been our best center back, even though. Uh, some journalists thought that uh, Alfie Gilchrist was much better than him. I I I I just sometimes have to wonder. First of all, is it that e- easy to be a journalist nowadays, where you can just say some dumb stuff like that with no reference whatsoever, and just and be respected after that? I have to ask that question. Like, if words matter. Um, some people should not have jobs anymore because words are their li- their living and their livelihood. Uh, for me, I, I, mean, I could I could care less what what uh, Bill Silva, Silva said. Um, I really, for me, that's neither here nor there. Um, it, because it's it's a non it's not like he's going to be here next year or the year after that he's gone at the end of the year and it it is what it is and I I kind of I'm not married so I'm not going to speak on on somebody else's marriage so I'm not speaking on their marriage so much as I'm simply speaking on the fact that they're public figures and they know better well a lot of people know better like I said we just had a journalist say something that stupid that I just pointed out, and I, again, people are allowed. People are human. They're going to say stupid stuff. I believe me. I said a lot of stupid stuff in my life. Sure. Uh, I because I'm human, and sometimes in the heat of the moment, you when you see some, you know, somebody that you love is hurting, you say you do something that you think is protective and makes things worse. Absolutely, that happens all the time. So I just. Okay, it's to me it's not it's not a reason why the team is playing the way they're playing or doing what they're doing. Uh, the fact of the matter is, he was coming to the end of his time with Chelsea and he wasn't going to be here next year. So, uh, and he's injured now, so it's a moot point, uh, pretty much because he's not going to be with the team until he's fit again. So, and when is that going to happen? We don't even know. I don't even know what he has. What? Hammy, groin. Who knows when he's gonna be back with the team? So, uh, we we just hope that the the sassy and Carl will stay fit because then it's Chalabut. We oh know how God. that's gonna go. The butt. We don't we don't need the butt. We don't need to be don't doing the butt. the butt. Don't we don't need to be doing the butt. Do it in the butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You remember, it's from uh, school days. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Jared. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, That's why I said it. Yeah, <laughs> dude, Spike Lee, great movie. Um, yeah, no, Matt, look, I, maybe I'm – the whole thing is fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. It's just this is not the first time. 
and everyone seems to think that this is okay. I just don't. I don't think that it's okay because it's it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't serve anybody beneficially. It just doesn't. All it does is create more disharmony. And it showed that we may not even need him anymore. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm kind of on the same wavelength as Jared in the, in the fact that Tiago Silva is leaving at the end of the season. Probably, maybe that's another reason why she'd probably put it out because she knows that her, that her husband is gone from the club in the summer anyway, so she doesn't have to hold back. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against someone expressing their feelings, but again, freedom of speech, no matter what, it, it does come with consequence. If you say stuff that, if you work for a company and it's, it's something you shouldn't say, you will get the consequence for. You, you have the freedom to say it, but if, if, if you, if you step out of line too much, you're going to get reprimanded, and obviously it'll be her husband, it'll be Tiago Silva that gets reprimanded. I mean, I. He's leaving at the end of summer. Um, for me, it's not it's not a problem that he goes because we all know. I mean, I I, I love I find it really hilarious of all these people on Twitter going, "Oh my God, Thiago Silva, he's 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 getting worse and he's uh he's 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 turned really slow. This is absolutely dreadful. How dare he?" It's like, oh yeah, how dare a forty year old? Oh yeah. <laughs> No shit, Sherlock. Like we, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised this hasn't happened in the last year or two. I mean, the fact that he's got to nearly 40 years old uh, and he's still going as well as he is is a credit to himself. Um, and I think sure. he's he's done enough in his career to to get his flowers and to to not have well, just idiots calling it calling him out for what it is now. Like, I mean, he goes in the summer. Uh, I think it's probably right because it's he's probably not going to be good enough for the club. Um, anymore and we've got younger players like the Sassi who I think has been our best centre back this season and I do not understand why people think that the Sassi is not a good footballer because uh, he is he's a great defender and what I like about him is no matter who he plays with you feel he can ha- he, he can he can have a partnership with them there are some centre backs you've seen it with Cole and Badishile they do not work well together at all. And, so, and sometimes with defensive partnerships, you need you don't have to have the best defenders. It has to be the best partnership. Um, but the Sassi seems to be able to partner with anyone, no matter what their skill is. Um, I mean, he's played right back this season as well. And unlike Cole at left back, who looked terrible, the Sassi's looked all right at right back as well. Um, I think he's a really good player. And he does he does give a, he, he does he does have a bit of shit house like Rudiger does. So it does give you that kind of rooting a vibe a little bit, but for me, like yesterday, 100% man the match yesterday. Uh, it was fantastic, and if, if only it was De, it was if only it was De Sassi, uh blocking that shot uh, the City scored instead of Chalaba, we might have actually gone in 1-0. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting, Matt. Um, one of the criticisms of De Sassi at the beginning of the season was how long he took on the ball before making a decision. Uh, people thought that there was there was a little bit of apprehension in his game, but that has gone away completely. Now, whether that's just him being more comfortable or that he has improved, I'll accept either one. I mean, is, is, isn't, isn't that just him getting used to the speed of the Premier League? Sure. Good. But I mean, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is that I've recognized it. Like yesterday, uh, there was no apprehension. There was no 
um, second guessing. It's just like, oh, he was making decisions and he was passing great passes. So I, that's it, however you want to call it. It's an improvement, and I do appreciate it. Certainly better than Alfie Hillhurst. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing, I was, gonna, I was thinking about this. Jackson reminds me of Rudiger a little bit, by the way. Jackson, uh, like the, the the forward version of Rudiger. He's he's a little shit housey too, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, the problem with Jackson, he gets too much. He gets too many yellow cards for stupid shit. Um, I think he needs to be a bit more on the sly with certain things. Um, yeah. Because at the end of that... I would have been extremely pissed off yesterday if he got a yellow card and was out for the Carabao Cup final because, well, I think like six out of the ten are either arguing with the referee or dissent. Um, no, others so are, to, oh yeah, the celebration. Out of, it's eight out of the nine. He's got nine yellows. Uh, eight out of the nine have been other than a football play. Uh, football. Oh. Uh, Is that something I feel like? I, I like it. I, I do like a player that is like that, but you've got you've got to reduce the volume of yellow cards you get. You've got to make it a little bit more sly. I mean, Rudiger was so much more clever with it. Yeah, it's it's almost like David Luiz as well. It was that challenge that David Luiz had, and uh, I think it was one of the main United players got sent off. And then you look you you look at the replay, and David Luiz is sitting there smiling. Yeah, um, that's the shit house. That's the kind of shit houseery you want. Um, the, the sly stuff, but he does make. He's almost a bit more like well, not like Costa because Costa was just a bit of a nutter, but um, Costa always got booked and sent off, and well, not so much sent off, but always got booked for stupid things, and uh, maybe it's a bit of maturity with Jackson. Uh, and to be fair, the last two months that he's actually played, taking away the Afcon month, he actually has been better with. I think most his first five yellow cards have picked up in the first six games, um, so. Uh, he has improved on that a little bit, but he does need just to. I mean, the the run across the pitch, it is what it is. Uh, I, I just find it funny. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind that yellow card. It's just the fact that he's already committed six or seven dissent yellow yeah, cards, and it's like you don't need to do that. You know that referees are going to give you a card for dissent. I can understand it the first one or two times, but it, uh, that's, that's that is the main part that frustrates me from Jackson. I mean. There's there's a perfect word that we have down here in Texas. It's called numb nuts. He's oh. numb nuts. <laughs> I mean, nice. he he just you know oh, he's in his own world. He's numb nuts. Oh my god, numb nuts. Okay. Hey, I oh, wanted yeah. before we get to this next topic. I just want to say, Angelo Gabriel has. Uh, registered 28 successful take-ons and 25 successful chances created for League One this year for Strasbourg. I think that he is absolutely going to be a Chelsea player next season. So everybody look out for that one. If we don't buy Olise, it's because we brought this kid back. And he is I just, awesome. I, I, I just think he needs to start a bit more for Strasbourg because he just keeps coming off the bench. I'm like, why? If he's doing well coming off the bench... Yeah, Why not start he's a good player. Back? And again, Santos, obviously, I know Santos has only just really got there, so uh, he's only just, he's come off the bench, which is good because he's had 10 more minutes than he did for us at Forest. But Unbelievable. If, if, if Santos is going there, he, need, he needs to start. Like we, we, we're, not, we're not in a partnership for you for just put our lone players on the bench. I don't, they don't have to play every, every bloody minute, but at least get them to start. 
Because yeah, again, so, they, they seem like they're doing well when they do come on. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, I got a question for you guys. And, um, you know, before I get to my, my one topic, which is in Kunku, uh, I want to ask you guys about this Mudrik situation because this is three games in a row where he's healthy and he has not played a single minute. And he's posting things on Instagram afterwards of a fan holding up a sign that says, in Mudrik, we trust. And it's just like, I can imagine that he is very frustrated. And Pochettino didn't even voiced an opinion on this the other day. He goes, yeah, he has to go through a period of suffering uh, to maybe get the hunger back in his game. I, I just don't understand what's going on here. We spent so much money on this guy, and this guy's got a huge upside. And he hasn't sniffed the field three games in a row. I mean, one game in a row is excessive, but three, three huge games, and they put on Cassaday and Chalaba before they put this guy on? Wow. Something is up here. Yeah, I mean, I I would have more sympathy for Mudrick if he was a bit more consistent and actually deserving to start and then not being stuck not being played i i just i i think mudrick has had certain chances coming off the bench and all right he's probably not played as consistently as he wants to but no one i, I we, we had this conversation about Le, levi cole at the start of the season no one has a divine right in this squad to play every game and start all the time and be consistently in the squad no one um but i i just don't feel he's taken the chances and i think Maybe has Poch just got fed up? Uh, is he seeing stuff in training that we don't see that he feels that Mudrick is maybe not in as much effort? I'm not saying that this is true. I'm just speculating. Um, I, 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 I've said for a while now, Mudrick looks like someone that could do with a loan spell. It seems stupid to, set, to, to loan out a £62 million player, but I, I think I, I don't care about the prices. Price is what's been paid. Um, but I feel like some consistent game time at maybe a slightly lower level might help Mudrick out a little bit because I just don't see... Like I feel when Madueke plays, and Madueke hasn't had a lot of game time, and we were talking about this a few months ago, Madueke, is, is he out the door um, or whatever. But I feel Madueke has actually done more in the opportunities he's been given. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of with Mudrick that he's done very well was the Newcastle goal that got us through in the Carabao Cup. Um, but even that was just because of a really shit mistake from Trippier rather than Mudrick doing really well. Um, or he has to be in the right place, right time, which is good for him. But I just feel he hasn't done enough to, for me to really go, oh, why is Mudrick not starting? Of course, it's it's concerning. Um, if you're out for more than two or three games and you're fit, it does kind of, you do kind of look at it and go, well, that's a manager preference, clearly. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. yesterday's game, I, I do think there was aspects of Poch wanted to do something different with his substitutions. So maybe if we were winning 2-0, would Madrid have come on? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Um, circumstances were a bit different with that. But obviously the other games, we were a bit more, especially the Villa game, we were a bit more comfortable and could have easily come on, um, but didn't. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see Madrid. But I... I 
I do think he needs to, when he when he does start playing again because I think he will start he, he will play more games between now and the end of the season. He just needs to do more with the time he's got. That's my problem with him. What do you think, Jared? Well, we saw something or heard something similar about uh, Madueke earlier this this season. We talked. I mean, we had conversations about him being out the door in January. This is all code for he doesn't play defense. He doesn't play both sides of, of the pitch. He just wants to run in and, and score. Um, you have to you have to play defense uh, in the system, and Potch demands that, which is fine, and that's why Jackson plays because he's. I mean, Jackson's our starting left wing. If oh, nobody yeah. has noticed, yeah. Um, it's not really even Raheem Sterling. I, I know he played uh, in this game, but uh, I, I would think if there was a, a suitable striker presence, that uh, it, it would be Jackson on the left wing, which is where he should be, because uh, he's not a killer in front of, of, of the goal, as we've all witnessed, and I don't think we need to speak, speak any more about, but uh, he is very good at building up play, he can ride challenges like nobody's business. Uh, oh, yeah. So you put a competent killer in the box, I think you're going to see something different. And I think you'll get the best out of uh, Christopher Nkunku as well, who, again, is not a striker. He is not a solo center forward either. If you want to say, well, he's playing center forward, not striker. Okay, semantics. Semantics, Okay. We're not going to play that game. He <laughs> was by himself. Sport. He is not a hold-up guy. He is not Olivier Giroud. If that's what you needed, you should have kept him on Brogia on the roster because that's the only guy with that profile that we've had on the roster all year long. We sent him out on low. So you don't have that profile. So you can't play a formation that relies on a hold-up striker when you don't have one. I thought that was common knowledge, but I'm just going to say it and put it out there just so people can now have that knowledge since it's not so common. (laughs) How about you, Maddie? Yeah, I mean... With, I mean, the striker situation, it's one of them ones. I think we there is no one. I mean, I would still play Jackson up front, um, personally, just because I think Jackson does the best job out of all the players we have. I, I, I've said it for a while. I prefer Nkuku in attacking midfield, um, doing the role that he's supposed to. Um, I don't like playing people as false nines when they're not actually specifically made for the role. You're... you're you have people like Bobby Firmino who did it fantastically. Um, if you have a player like that who can actually do it, fine. But it was the same with Kai Havertz, sticking him up front all the time. It was just pointless. Just, I'd rather him play his proper position uh, a bit further, a bit deeper, actually get the best out of him. Um, that's why you saw with Palmer. Palmer plays a lot better when he's somewhere in the in in the free and the well, not the free in midfield, but the the front free in terms of the the attacking part um but if he's up if he's up top on his own 
he doesn't seem to be a, a, as effective um, in Cuckoo. I haven't obviously we haven't seen enough, and I think there is an aspect of in Cuckoo. I, I don't think he's a hundred percent on it at the moment, which obviously with all the injuries he's had makes a, a bit of sense. Um, I think you can see like he does put he puts himself about a bit more attackingly, but as soon as it gets defensively, I know it's in the in the last game. What was it? Um, who do we lose to for Wolves um, didn't really put a good sh- kind of good shift in defensively um, and I, I, I think obviously that's why I think he's being eased in if that's what you want to put in quotation marks um, because I think Potch wants to see him working harder and back up to full strength before he puts him in um, I mean I would I, I would still go with Jackson because I think it's the best we can do until we get a proper striker in. Um, and someone that's going to start every game, whether that's Oshiman, whether that's Tony, whether that's your guy, Victor. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce the second name. because Yogurish. Yogurish. Whoever it is. I mean, Sesco has been mentioned as well. But whoever it is, I, I just want a bit more of a proper striker. Uh, and at the moment, I'd rather just play Jackson. I even have someone like either Sterling off the left and Kuku off the left, Madeke off the right, Palm off the right, whoever in the middle. Um, I think there's options still to play. Um, but I agree with Jared. I think Poch does want all of it. He doesn't, he doesn't want a Ronaldo who's not going to track back or Messi that's not going to track back. He wants everyone to go forward and track back, which in this way <coughs> of playing football, you have to. Every, everyone has to. You don't see pet, pet players... Trumbling around doing nothing. You don't see Liverpool players doing nothing. They all work hard defensively, all work hard in attack. Uh, and I think that's the way football's become. You have to, or else you're not going to be on that team. Um, it's as simple as that. All right, so, well, this is this is sort of apropos of this previous conversation, and that is uh, Nkunku. Now, I know that Nkunku has been played out of position. I'm, I understand he's not a striker. That's fine. He's a little too skinny for to be a striker. That's not my issue. My issue is attitude and body language. Okay, his body language is not great. Yesterday was not the first time I've noticed this. But there's anything is just the effort there. Oh, yeah, he tries when he has the ball. But just coupling with what you were just saying, Matt, he does not really press. And he is kind of lazy. In a way that it's like the opposite of Jackson. Like Jackson works really hard. He's, he's, he, he plays both sides of the ball. And Cuckoo is lazy, bro. And it's just that type of laissez-faire, sort of uh, indifferent attitude, it's just never going to work in England. Because everybody that plays in England knows that you have to work hard. Okay? You can't take plays off, especially against Manchester City. You cannot take plays off. You cannot walk. You always have to be pressing. Always. And that's the job. That's what the money is for. That's why we pay you. That's why we bought you. And uh, I have a feeling that one way or another, he will change. But I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And I think it'll be a struggle for the rest of the season with him having to understand how much harder you have to work in England than in Germany. Because it's just a completely different league. And you cannot half-ass... Especially when you're the you're the trigger, you're the starting point of any press. 
the striker is the trigger. And he just, it just seemed like he was completely disinterested. And I can't have that because he is a really good player. But I can't just, he can't just be a really good player when he has the ball. It has to be when he doesn't have the ball. And that's my issue. Yeah, I, th- I think, as I said, I, th- I think when I've seen him play for Leipzig, and I, I have a friend who lives out in Germany, um, supports Borussia Dortmund, unfortunately, but obviously he's watched a, a fair amount of Leipzig. And he said that I, I was asking him about it, and he said that at Leipzig he seemed to press. Oh, he's not oh, he's not kind of your Kante. He, he doesn't run for days and days and days, but he will press and he will do defensive work as well. So he kind of, again, stokes the point of he when he when he does get injured and comes back, he does take a little bit of time to get back. And maybe it is that fact of, and that's why we've not seen him, when we, even though we've seen him in training and fit, he's not necessarily come back straight, straight away. Maybe it's, it's just a fitness thing of he thinks, if I haven't got, if I'm not 100%, if I'm only 60, 70%, for example, I'll put the shift in in the attacking areas, but I can't do both at the moment. Um, maybe that's a thing, and Potter's going right. I can't do that. You've got to be 100% or nothing. Um, which, if that is kind of the case, I would agree with. But I, I think it will come. I'm not particularly worried about it. Um, it's just obviously Nkuku hasn't had the best ride in terms of injury so far. Um, I just hope that when he is back and properly back, that we can keep him fit on the field along with a certain Romeo Lavia that is AWOL uh, until Friday. I think he had he was in training pitches, so finally. Yeah. Jared? Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite worried about Nkunku because he hasn't put enough min, minutes on the pitch for me to judge okay. what he is and what he's not. Um, I'm certainly not going to judge him off the performance against... Uh, city because I I don't think there was he was put in an untenable position um, he was he was asked to do something where he's, that he's not capable of I thought he was okay at it um, ball doesn't stick I I did notice that the ball wasn't sticking to him um, so maybe he's more of a rigger than a trigger. If you if you know what movie I'm referring to, no, I don't. Come on, Sylvester Stallone, James Woods. Oh, I don't know. You don't know? Okay. Uh, I'll let I'll, I'll just let you. Since you're the cinephile, I'll let you stew on that. Sharon Stone was in it. Oh. uh... The specialist? Yes. Ah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, uh, I'm not worried about anything. I I just think that uh, we can pick apart the game, but nobody expected us to get a point. Everybody expected us to get just mashed. We didn't. Everybody played well. There's nobody I'm going to go in on and say, you didn't do your thing. Everybody played well because if they hadn't, we would have been beaten three or four nil. So you, you understand by the score line, by definition, everybody that was on the pitch did the best that they could do. 
I'm going to say they because, you know, Calibut is known for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And being too thin. So, yeah. This essay, that wouldn't have been a goal correct because he's much whiter and his thigh would have blocked it and gone the other way. But if you have thin thighs, yeah, thin thighs. But there's a uh, tongue twister for you today. Uh, you know, the ball goes off and goes another goal. Just saying. Then you can do about it. It's genetics. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, I, I think Chalaba shouldn't be anywhere near the squad anyway. So hopefully once um, Benoit and even Silva is back, Chalaba won't be in the squad. He'll be back with the under-23s, uh, tying his own shoelaces. Um, probably just about can do that, uh, to be fair, himself. Uh, and then in the summer, he'll join, well, potentially Thomas Tuchel, maybe at Bayern Munich, maybe not, depending on... Uh, how he goes I mean I've just seen Plettenberger said that Bayern will not sack him um, and Tuchel is not going to resign so whether that stays like that or whether we we do see a breaking news come up in the morning saying that he's been sacked or not but we'll leave it there I mean it's not our club to discuss so we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep it on the down low we won't talk too much about it if a certain Liverpool manager is available in the summertime and doesn't take a sabbatical um there will be a change i'm just saying <laughs> i feel like Klopp will probably take a sabbatical but i can i can understand that that's why i said if <laughs> I, I if if i think if there was any club to make him change his mind about a sabbatical it probably would be by him because he knows he can just do whatever he wants there and it's for a german it's a dream dream job do you think he's leaving because Salah's is leaving I, I do I do think Jurgen Klopp is smart enough to know that this Liverpool team is on its I, I do think it's on its last legs if if I think Salah wants to leave Van Dyke come out a couple of weeks ago after Klopp said he said uh, they asked will he be here and he's not I've got 18 months left so I don't know um, if a player says I don't know that that doesn't sound like a good sign uh, so he could leave in the summer with 12 months left potentially. Um, if you take Van Dyke and Salah out of that, it's, even with your new signings, that is, that, is, that is two big players that you're taking out of that team. I think Liverpool's defence is nowhere near as good without Van Dyke, even with the Van Dyke we've got now, which isn't as good as he used to be. Um, and if, the, if there's no Salah up top, that is your, your main set of goals. Um, you've then got a really trust in Nunes, who is he, he misses more than Nico Jackson, and that's saying something. Fair enough. Um, so, I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to discuss about the game? I mean, I, I, I'm very proud with the effort. I thought that the back line, Ben Chilwell, Malo Gusto, uh, DeSassi, and Colwell were all excellent. Actually, I do want to ask one more thing. I do. Because this, this is something I've been thinking about for 24 hours. Does Reese James immediately get back into this team? Well, he is the captain. No, no, I think no, just because, well, one, he's been out for so long that he just, first of all, he's got to build fitness up. So that, that that's a debate before he even gets in. And I think Gusto's been playing so well that, yes, 
as just as just put it, he is captain. But if Chilwell is playing week in week out as vice captain, it's not a bad person. It's not like you've not got options for captain. So I think they could easily just say, right, Reese, you've got to put, you've got to put work your way back into this team. Gusto's playing very well. Um, he, he could easily just slot him back in, and I have no doubt Reese would play very well if he gets slotted back in. But it would be very unfair on Gusto if that's the case. Yeah, Gusto was amazing yesterday. Doku did nothing, and they passed it to him like 50 times. <laughs> like, that was like their main thing. It was either give it to Foden or give it to Go Doku and let them go one-on-one uh, just I, again and again and again. Yeah, for me, I, I, I am uh, not a Doku fan. Uh, never have been. I think he is uh, worse than Mudrik with football IQ. Uh and is I don't think he's as good as an athlete as Mudrick. Um so for me, I, I I just don't rate the kid. It is what it is, but yeah, Gusto had him on lockdown and it is to Gusto's credit that we're even having this conversation. For me, Reese James is the best right back in the world. Mm-hmm. So for us to have a conversation about does he come back when he's fully fit. That is credit to Gusto, and it is a good problem to have. Now, we want to have that same problem in every position group, where if your your, uh, level drops and you're not playing out of your skin, hey, there's somebody there that's going to take your job, and you'll be riding pine. You want that. That's the way you make um, younger players better is by – you know, putting a flame, you know, behind their butt and saying, hey, if you don't keep it up, you know, we're going to burn this thing off. That well, works. You know, I mean, there's there's other there's other people that say that maybe Gusto goes to left back. I don't know. I mean, Chilwell, I think, is really good. But my, my whole thing is this. And I understand Reese has had a hamstring issue for a very long time, and this is why he finally had surgery. That is not the only issue that he has. A lot of his issues stem from the fact that he is too heavy. And up until now, there has never really been someone to hold him accountable by virtue of competition. And now with Gusto, who is a really good player, I mean, it, it's it's more pressure on Reese than he's ever had as a professional player. And I think that this will finally force him to come in in unbelievable shape next season. Because I just feel like up until this point, he said that he works out and he said that he gets in shape. He's never really been that fit. He's always been a little thick. And his body type cannot handle the pounding of a game because he's too heavy. And if he if he's now feeling a little bit of the pressure, and I'm sure that he is, maybe this will incentivize him to get maybe 10 to 15 pounds lighter for the season because I mean, his body type's not working for him right now. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we obviously it's, it's technically different games. So it's, it, it is, it is different in a way, but Lauren James had exactly the same issues when she was at Manchester United and Arsenal. Um, obviously when she come to Chelsea, the Chelsea medical staff have worked with her and changed her. And now Lauren James doesn't get injured at all. Um, despite her getting a number of injuries in her 
early oh, late teens, um, but her early part of the football career. Um, and she now doesn't look at she was a little bit bigger when she was, and I, I think it it might just be the genes of the James family. Um, so uh, someone needs to tell Reese because Reese might just be going around thinking like, I'm fine, like because people you do get people go oh I can be just really big and muscular and uh, thick as, as you would say, and I'm fine. That means I'm physically fit. No, that just because your muscles are big doesn't mean they actually work well, and you've got muscles have got to be flexible uh, when you're an athlete as well. So I think maybe the the fitness department needs to do better in terms of actually giving one giving him a program that will help him lose some of that mass um and two getting someone getting someone someone needs to be getting reese james to make watching and make sure he actually does it because whether he does it or not is another question if he doesn't do it then well that's on him um i i i don't know whether i believe that james intentionally doesn't do these things maybe it is just i don't know these things and i'm not being told the right things i mean the amount of players i look i look at chelsea players when they're training and some of the stuff they do in the gym it's like that's good but you're not doing others there could be more stuff you're doing and whether they do it behind the scenes or not is a, is a question but it wouldn't surprise me if they're not doing it and that's why lots of these injuries are happening well i mean when i was in college i mean i have big legs but when, whenever I was in preseason or whenever a season would start in college, I was shredded, right? And then the offseason, I'd get a little soft. But, like, it, a lot of it is diet, right? And, and a lot of it is just diet and cardio. And if he does those things, even if he's got genes, I, I, I understand. Some players, they're always going to be big. You know, remember guys like Robbie Keane. Robbie, well, a lot of that was probably beer. But, but Robbie Keane was never cut. Right, but Reese James, he can be more fit. He certainly can be more fit. And I, th- I cannot imagine that there aren't people at Chelsea that are begging him to be more diligent about it. Because a lot of it just is diet, you know. And so, I mean, him gallivanting off to Vegas to watch these things in America, I mean, that doesn't help. But... You know, I just, I, I, I just, I'm not gonna use excuses for him anymore because he can become more fit, and he just hasn't done it. And I think that now with Gusto here, he's going to have to because it's not as much of a, a major issue anymore the way that it has been the last two or three seasons. Whenever Reese James is out, our team looks significantly worse because he is a great player. But with Gusto now here, it's, it's not as big of a loss. So it, it, I think it has to force him to be very conscious about his diet and his cardio. Yeah, I mean, hopefully when he comes back, he's had this surgery now, he can focus on getting that stuff sorted and hopefully then doesn't have them, them problems. Um, but that will be up to him and we'll have to see. Well, I, I don't think he'll be back properly before the end of the season so this will oh, be me a, neither me neither this will be a topic we speak about next season um yeah yeah i think he'll, i think he'll take the whole summer and get in his best possible shape as, as he can uh, for me there's there's nothing there's nothing in our season that makes me look and go we need him back now especially if we didn't have gusto i could that is it's a different matter but the fact that you've got gusto uh someone who can just play play very well and play at a, arguably just a good just as a good level as um 
as James as James has been playing, then I just think leave him, let him, let him, let him, let him get fit first of all, and then let him go on some sort of diet plan, exercise plan, whatever plan they want to do to get him to lose mass. Let him do that over the summer, and, and arguably he's had he he's not played all season, so he, he doesn't need a preseason in the, in the fact of. Um, he goes off and does nothing. He can work on that in the summer before preseason starts and come sure. in. And arguably, I want I want to see him come in as arguably the one of the doesn't have to be the fittest player, but one of the fittest players come in. Um, and then we can see what J- James is about. But in the uh, meantime, Gusto is going to take your place. Anybody got any final thoughts? I'm just happy I made it through that that whole uh, conversation with without uh, coming up with a dad joke because y'all set me up for plenty of them. <laughs> Talking about mass and and thick and <sighs> tell you what. Okay, Jared. Okay. <laughs> tell you what. Um. All right. For my final thought, win the fucking final. You win that final, Poach's job is safe. Win that fucking final, baby. Yeah, spoil, spoil, spoil Jurgen Klopp's party. Um, fucking him, and his, him and his little yellow teeth. Liverpool and the BBC going on about Liverpool have got an injury crisis <laughs> because Trent <laughs> and Alisson are out. Fucking don't make me laugh. Oh. Uh, who, who was that? Was that Jack Lineker? Was that Lineker? Uh, it was match of the day, yeah. It was Lineker! Yeah! Yeah, he's like, oh, what is Liverpool going to do with all these injuries? And I'm waiting for someone to step in and say, they're nowhere near as bad as Chelsea's. And no one said anything! Lineker. Someone someone looked it up. They went on BBC and typed in Chelsea, Chelsea injury crisis. Nothing. They were not done one article, one comment, no one tweet, nothing on Chelsea's injury crisis. Nobody Um, said anything about our injury crisis all year. Not American channels, not... English channels, it's like that's I, I, because Lineker is because Lineker played for Barcelona and Tottenham, and he is in charge of the editorialization of the content, so he's not going to give Chelsea anything. Well, I well that doesn't have anything to do with the Americas American stuff. I'm with you. I watched ESPN FC too. They they, they Stephen Nichol did not talk about Chelsea's injury crisis one time. No. Oh Liverpool, what are they gonna do? And, and here's the other thing. How many people we would have had uh, if Casemiro played for us, he would have been sent off in the first half. Oh, yeah. I watched that game. He would have been sent off in the first half. How many calls, How many did, calls? did they get and, and went against Luton because they're Manchester United? The idea that some teams do not get calls in this league is is absolutely preposterous. Some teams still do, and some teams don't. It is what it is. You say what you want, but uh, and, and also the misses that United have had one on one. Oh yeah. Some of them open goals, and they didn't. They didn't make it. Oh, that yeah. it was ten times worse than what Sterling and and Jackson did. Hey, hey, Jared. What kind of cheese does not belong to you? Garnacho cheese! Ah, Garnacho cheese! Garnacho cheese. 
dad joke. That's that, that's 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 awful. That's worse than any I've ever done on here. <laughs> I was saving that one, baby. <laughs> Garnacho cheese. Garnacho cheese. But yeah, even even going on to the injury history again, like I, I remember the you know, the Newcastle Carabao Cup game and Sky were they moaned the whole time before the game. In, in Newcastle have this injury crisis, which to be fair, they had a lot of injuries. They then put the injury list up for not just Newcastle but Chelsea's, and Chelsea's injury list was bigger. And it was like you're defeating your point there if you're going to put Chelsea's list up saying it's bigger and not mention anything about Chelsea's injury crisis. Um, so they know what they're doing, but they're also just very thick at what they do. Um, yeah. But it, it is what it is. No, no, I'm used to the media not giving. They don't give the they don't give Chelsea their praises when they are doing well and when they don't they're very easy to criticise and um, cover up a lot of stuff. But oh yeah, Nouveau Riche Club, man. We're I'm, always going to be looking at this it, Nouveau Riche Club. So it's like club. it's like sky is blue, the grass is green. It's, it's it, it, just same old shit. All right. Well, it was a fun one, and I'm really looking forward to next weekend with Liverpool. We're gonna have Nina Stova back on from Chelsea Fan TV. And it'll be a good one. So uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, this has been the Blue Coat Project Podcast. Yes, Matt. Blue Coat Project Podcast. That's how it's going. All right. See you guys.